For Arizona Public Media, I'm Leslie Tolbert, Regents Professor Emerita in Neuroscience at the University of Arizona, and this is Arizona Science. Today we're talking with Tim Seckham, Professor of Physiology and an Applied Mathematician at the University of Arizona. Over the years, Tim has worked on many complex physiological problems, and an exciting project right now is aimed at developing mathematical models of blood flow that will help us understand which brain circuits are activated when we do various things. Thanks for joining us, Tim. Thank you. So before we get to the brain, can you just remind us of the ground plan of our blood circulation? Well, as you know, the heart is at the center of it uh, because it pumps the blood, and especially uh, we're going to talk a lot about oxygen. So it pumps oxygenated blood that's coming from the lungs out to all of the parts of the body, and that oxygen is needed to keep all of the tissues functioning properly. And um, so arteries uh, that come out of the heart carry this oxygenated blood, and then the blood goes through capillary beds. What are capillary beds? Yeah, so the blood comes through the arteries to the, to the what we call the microcirculation, which consists of a very large number of very tiny blood vessels. Uh, the smallest of them, we call them the capillaries, and they're the ones that are mainly responsible for the exchange of materials between the blood and the tissue. So we often say that the microcirculation is really the business end of the circulatory system because that's where the essential job of exchanging materials takes place. And my particular fascination is with oxygen delivery and the exchange of oxygen between the blood and the tissue. And you're especially interested in that in the brain right now. Tell us about that. How is that going to give you a measure of brain activity? Well, the brain is, uh, as, as everyone knows, very critically dependent on oxygen supply. If, if blood flow stops for any reason, then the brain is the first organ to be seriously damaged, and it really can't function for any length of time at all without oxygen. I have interest in that from a couple of different viewpoints. One of them is the basic question of how does it work? That's kind of the theme of physiology. How does the body work? So how is the uh, the circulatory system and the microcirculation arranged to get enough oxygen everywhere that it's needed, when it's needed, and according to the demand, which can change? So that's one motivation. But then there's a more specific one with the brain. That is that we've, there's a, a lot of interest in what parts of the brain become active and how active they become when doing specific tasks, because that can give us a window into what's happening in the brain of an intact person uh, without any need to actually enter the brain in any way, because that can be done using MRI, which is magnetic resonance imaging. There's a specific type of MRI that's called bold imaging, that's blood oxygen level dependent. So when that type of imaging is done, any area that's active lights up in that imaging. And what do you do? Where does the mathematical modeling come in? Well, one of the main things we can do is to take a specific arrangement of, of microvessels, that's capillaries and the somewhat larger vessels, and a specific set of assumptions about what the blood flow is and what the rate of oxygen consumption is 
in that region. And we can then predict what will be the distribution of oxygen levels in the tissue and in the blood. Of course, the level in the blood is the thing that's being sensed by this imaging. And the level in the tissue is, of course, equally important because that's what's determining uh, whether the neurons have enough oxygen. So those are the kinds of questions that we can get at. Another type of question that we can get at is if there are specific ideas about how the blood flow is controlled, we can put them in the context of our mathematical model and predict what we would expect to see in terms of changes in oxygen level in activation. So in that way, we can use what we call this mathematical model to test hypotheses about how this process of regulating blood flow works in the brain as well. That's very exciting. Thanks very much, Tim. Keep on pushing those limits. I'll do my best. Thank you. You can hear this and all Arizona Science Conversations at azpm.org slash Arizona Science. I'm Leslie Tolbert. <laughs>